I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and, and that's, that's Grayson. Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Hello and welcome to Autism, Building the Puzzle, One Piece at a Time. My name is Alex and I'm your host today. Um, today I'm going to be doing an episode all by myself without Sean. I'm a big girl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so today what we're going to talk about, since we did, you know, just lose our fur baby, Savannah, we are going to talk a little bit about Savannah and Grayson's relationship um, throughout the last five years. So I thought it would be a good tribute to her. And we haven't really gone in depth, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have animals or, you know, have thought about getting one. So I think this can be beneficial. Um, just, you know, talking about Grayson and how it could possibly go for you guys as well. So first, I'm going to start with when we brought, well, when I was pregnant. Okay, so um, in the beginning of my pregnancy, um, Savannah, for the first few weeks, did not want to come near me. Um, and I felt absolutely horrible. I thought she was mad at me and I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, but she just was kind of distant. So it worried me a little bit of how she was going to be. Then as time went on throughout my pregnancy, she became more attached. Um, she would lay on my belly and she just was connecting more. Um, it, it's neat. I have a lot of photos. Actually, if you go to buildingthepuzzle.com, we did a couple of blog posts under from a father's perspective and through a mother's eyes. And, um, we did a couple posts on there about Savannah and you can go and see the photos on there and you can see her laying on my belly. That was during the time that I was pregnant. So then it became time for us to go to the hospital and have baby Grayson, um, so what I did was I actually, before I went to the hospital, I bought her a whole bunch of toys so that when we came home with the baby, I had those to give to her and she didn't feel left out. I never wanted her to feel left out. And that was super important to me. And, you know, typically in families, when they have a child come home and a new baby, the dog kind of falls by the wayside and the dog just kind of declines, declines. And, um, that's usually how it goes for us though. She was equal to my son. I treated her the same. I made her always feel involved and loved and like she was a part of everything we were doing. And that was really important like to me, like I said. Um, so I bought her a whole bunch of toys. Um, it came time the day before we brought Grayson home. Sean had to come home just to kind of straighten up things before we came home and stuff like that. Plus, he was freezing in the hospital that he couldn't handle it, that he had to leave. Um, me and Grayson were fine, but Sean had to leave because he's so cold. It was freezing. It was literally probably like 60 something degrees in there. Um, and our thermostat was broken in our room, so that didn't work. So he went home, got everything ready, and I had him bring home Grayson's blanket from the hospital so that she could kind of smell it before we got there. So that was the day before. So then we came home the next day. It was a Friday and I had bought her this huge, like, gigantic tennis ball, like, that I have never seen in my life before. Like, it was huge. Um, so I come in the house. Grayson and Sean are at the front door but did not come in yet. I come in. I say hello to her, everything. I give her this ball. Now she's trying to pick up this ball. She can't pick it up. She's too small. So she's, like, 
chasing this ball around. Like, I can't get her to stop. Like, Sean looks in the door, and he's like, babe, you have to get that off of her. Like, she's going to end up having a heart attack. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. So I could barely get the ball off of her. Finally, I get it off of her. I hide it. She's looking everywhere. Like, I caused, like, a little problem there. So then they come in, and she smells Grayson. Everything, she's fine. Everything goes well. That night, within a few hours, we take him into his bedroom, and I'm sitting on his glider. We have, like, a glider in his room in an ottoman. So I'm sitting there getting ready to breastfeed him at home for the first time. So they had taught Sean in the hospital, like, how to assist me with, you know, kind of pushing Grayson into my breast, things like that, to get him to, to latch. So Sean's doing that. All of a sudden, behind him, we hear Savannah growling and, like, jumping at Sean. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here, when he was pushing Grayson into me and Grayson started crying, he was, like, like lightly guiding him, you know. But Savannah didn't understand that, and she thought Sean was hurting Grayson. So she went to go after Sean. So she was already being protective over Grayson, literally, as soon as we brought him home. So that was amazing to see. So I thought, okay, at least she's protective over Grayson and not, like, threatened and attacking Grayson. Like, she's attacking, trying to attack Sean. That's perfect. So so I knew it would work out. So then um, as time went on, she was fantastic. If Sean was holding Grayson and laying down on the couch, like, not sleeping, but just laying there with him, cuddling him, she was right there on top of Sean, too, wanted to be right next to Grayson. Um, she was always, always a part of it. They were like, they were my two kids, you know. She was just as much as my child as Grayson was to me. Some people, or some of you may not understand that. Um, Some of you might say, well, it's just a dog. Um, But she was more than that to me. Um, You know, I was very attached to her. She was my best friend. So, and she is the first person that, you know, the first thing that came along that I had to really take care of that depended on me. And, you know, I got her really young at five weeks. So, it really did um, pave the way of me being a mother later on in life because I had to bottle feed her. I had to burp her. I was up all hours of the night with her when she would cry for her mom. I mean, she was really young. So that was definitely the stepping stone. And, you know, she just she taught me so much. She just taught me how to be so loving and caring and nurturing and have so much patience um, that I really don't know where I would be without her. And I say that constantly. Um, she was like an angel in disguise to me. Um, you know, I've, I got her right after my father passed three months after my father passed. And she is the one who was my rock and, you know, got me through my father's death. She was there through the ups and downs and through every single life event in between. Um, so yeah, she was absolutely a part of our family and she was really important to us. So, Then moving on towards when, you know, we found out Grayson possibly had autism and we started therapy. (laughs) What therapy looked like was absolutely crazy. Um, Grayson, Savannah was the major problem in therapy (laughs) because Savannah always had to be involved. And some of you might say, well, why don't you just put her in a room? Because then she would have felt left out and I didn't want her locked up during therapy. Then I let her out and then she's aggressive towards Grayson because, you know, he's the reason I'm putting her away. I didn't want to create any of that animosity between them two or between her and either one of, you know, me or me or Sean. So during therapy, if we were doing anything, you know, puzzle, anything we were doing, you name it she had to steal something. So she would steal a piece of the puzzle or a ball or anything. And what would happen is if she took a puzzle piece and her tooth marks got in the puzzle piece, Grayson would lose it. He could not stand the imperfection. That was huge to him. So that was a problem. 
Um, there were puzzles that were missing pieces that I had to keep replacing because she chewed them and then he started chewing them. Um, so, but as, you know, as time went on, she got older and she did calm down. And when I say older, during this time, she was 16, 17 years old and still as rambunctious as a puppy. She is a terrier. Um, and I remember even as a puppy, us, me and my mom asking the doctor, like, when is she going to calm down? And he's like, in a few years. And she was like one at the time. No, she didn't calm down until she was a few months before she turned 18 years old. Um, so yeah, it's pretty amazing, but she had fun with him and as upset as he was towards her, they had that kind of weird relationship. Um, but he never put his hands on her. He only, he picked her up actually once. Um, but he only pet her, I would say less than five times in the past five years. Um, which honestly I would have rather him be like that and respectful of her than to torture her, pull her tail, pull her ears that I do not stand for at all. Um, so I had taught him, you know, we respect your sister. You, your sister's older now. We have to help your sister. Animals don't have a voice just like you don't have a voice and we have to help them and be that voice for them. And that's how I explained it. And, you know, anytime that he was close to her in the room, I'd be like, watch your sister. Don't touch your sister. And the reason I would say don't touch your sister is because, you know, Savannah was great and Savannah was protective over him, but Savannah is still an animal and Savannah has teeth. So I always look at those people sometimes that, you know, you go up to a dog, you want to pet them, and you say to their owner, do they bite? Every animal bites. They have teeth, right? That means they are capable of biting. I would never leave them close together, unsupervised. I was always right there. I knew how to read Savannah. And I knew if Grayson, let's say he started flapping, Savannah may not understand if, God forbid, he hits her in her face or that's coming towards her face while he's flapping. She may not understand, oh, okay, he's having a sensory thing going on right now. Do you know what I mean? So I was always there. Um, and if he started flapping and she walked by, would I kind of hold him? Yes, absolutely. Would I grab her? Absolutely. I was always in the middle, refereeing, making sure, and keeping my eyes on that. We have never had anything happen ever. Um, but you know, you just, you have to watch. Um, and I, like I said, I knew Savannah, like the back of my hand for 18 years. Um, did she ever go after anybody except for when Sean was trying to help Grayson? No, she hasn't. She was such a sweetheart. She always was great at the vet, great with strangers, fantastic with kids. She grew up with kids in the neighborhood. Um, you know, they would always knock for her every single day. Can Savannah come out and play? Nobody would knock for me, but everybody would knock for Savannah. So she'd be out there every single day with, you know, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and she got used to that. So I think that's why she was so good with Grayson. Do I think she knew that Grayson had autism? Yes, I absolutely do. I think that she knew, even when I was carrying Grayson, that something wasn't right, um, that there was something, you know, going on. But that still did not make me think that one day could she snap at him? Possibly, Yes. Um, thank God it never came to that. Um, I was protective over both of them the same exact way. Um, you know, it got to the point during therapy, she'd try to steal something. I'd have to get her a treat, get it out of her mouth. Um, so that wasn't good ABA for her. I kind of failed at ABA for her. Um, I wasn't as successful as I was with Grayson in ABA. Um, but she was different. And, you know, even the therapist would be like, you know, you're giving her a treat. She's taking something. She's going to take it again. 
do you want to go in her mouth and get it? Because I'm not doing that. I'm not getting bit. I respect her and everything like that. So it was just much easier to give her a treat and get the item back. Um, so that went on for a really long time. And then towards the end, um, she, you know, w- would walk around and stuff like that. But she stopped taking things. Um, and that was only over the last, like, six months she stopped doing that. Um, six to eight months, I would say. Um so, you know, looking back, what I would have given over those six, those last six to eight months for her to act like that again, I would have given anything um, because, you know, she was getting older and she was starting to decline. And that was very um, devastating to watch, honestly. And being involved with her so much myself, um, I knew she was declining, but did I really know I'm not really sure, honestly. Um, I think that it became my everyday life and every minute of my life. You know, I started sleeping on the floor. She took over Grayson's bed. We put Grayson in bed with Sean. Um, Me and her took over Grayson's room pretty much. And, you know, when she started going into the dementia the last month and a half, two months, and had a lot of spinning and things like that at night, it was difficult. I never complained about it once, though, because I knew one day I wouldn't have her anymore. And I, um, I always appreciated everything about every moment of everything I did with her, whether it was good or bad. Um, I thought, you know, I I guess this is better than nothing. She wasn't suffering. So it wasn't time to have that quality of life discussion yet. And the vet didn't think it was time either. Um, at that time she was still really healthy. Blood work was great. Um, everything was good. Um, and then it just became, you know, making adjustments around here. Um, we had a lot of blankets on the floor. I had to go out then and buy a lot of rugs and there was a lot of, um, it was almost like we were baby proofing again, but we never had to do that with Grayson. So it was really different. Um, when she would spin at night, you know, what I eventually did was I, um, cut up pool, pool noodles that you use, the styrofoam ones. And I put them all around our woodwork because she would spin and sometimes she would fall into the wall and I didn't want her damaging her head, her brain. So I would put those all up. So she had cushion, um, Yeah, and it was just me and her. Um, You know, Sean helped out a lot during that time with Grayson. I was still very heavily involved with Grayson over those last two months and doing therapy every day, but I was also busy with her and running her to the vet for fluids for the kidney disease every other day, and it was a lot. Um, But Grayson was fantastic with her, and she was great with him. You know, if Grayson was running up and down the hallways, she knew, okay, I need to stand to the side, and she would just wait. For him to go by, then she'd walk. He would walk around her. He was very respectful of her because constantly I'd say, watch your sister. Pay attention. You have to walk with your head up and your eyes open. You have to watch her because, you know, I didn't want him to stumble. If, God forbid, all 45, 50 pounds of him fell onto an 11-pound dog, that would be uh, a problem. So I was um, I was very protective of them both. And the same with Savannah and, you know, Grayson. Um so that was pretty much therapy. That's their relationship. Um, but the only time that I had said that he picked her up one time was we were in the middle of therapy. ABA was when we had just started ABA. And when she would go up on our sofa, she started using Grayson's Mickey chair to get up on the sofa. So she would use that as like a stepping stool and then jump onto the sofa. Well, she started walking up to the Mickey couch. She stepped her front paws on the Mickey couch. Well, Grayson goes behind her, and Grayson grabs her body. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my gosh, is he going to throw her on the ground right now? No. He placed her 
real gently down on the ground. She just walked away and there was no, she never even turned around to like snap or see who had her or anything. She was so used to me picking her up constantly. She just went with it. It was so calm. Um, But I told him, don't ever do that again. Don't ever touch your sister again because I had to stop those things then so that he didn't think, oh, okay, I can just move her and pick her up whenever I want. No, we don't do that. Um, So I was was really cautious with those things and he never did that again. Um, I think, you know, and the last thing I want to talk about is when we had said goodbye to uh, Savannah. The two days before she passed, Grayson knew something was wrong because me and Sean were in Grayson's room literally the whole time and he would come in and out you know but we were in there majority of the time holding her um it was peaceful it was you know it was hard um I really do think that she was really scared to die um you know the two nights before she passed it was Wednesday night she we slept literally face to face and every time I opened my eyes She was staring at me. I don't think she closed her eyes once Wednesday night. She just watched me all night long. And then Thursday night came and I stayed up and I watched her all night long as she slept. And I kept my hand on her heart and her chest to make sure she was still breathing, that I didn't, you know, I wanted to be there for her. And God forbid she passed in the middle of the night. And I sat there and I stared at her all night and I didn't close my eyes once. So it's pretty crazy that Wednesday she watched me all night and Thursday I watched her all night. And then Friday came, and, um, you know, she started passing Thursday night, and we didn't think she was going to make it through the night Thursday night to Friday. Friday came. She woke up. She slept very peacefully Thursday when I watched her. Um, She woke up Friday, and at 1.27 p.m. Friday is when she had passed. Um, It was very emotional. It was very difficult. I think a part of me is still in shock, honestly. I'm so used to her being here that I think a part of me still thinks that she's here in a way because I think in my mind, I'm just like, oh yeah, she's in the other room sleeping, kind of. It has hit me, but I don't know if it's really hit me or if I've just kind of pushed it off a little bit, honestly. It hits me a lot when Sean does his overnights working. Um, That's really hard for me. That's really lonely for me. And it's just so crazy because like at night, even last night, when Sean and Grayson were sleeping, sorry, I sound so emotional right now. Um, when Sean and Grayson were sleeping, I was out like in our hallway, dining room area, and that's where she would spin at. And you know, I just look around and I think to myself, wow, like I had the lights on exactly how they were on when she was here. I would leave some lights on, and it just, just the whole um, environment just takes me back to the nights we would be up together. And it's those times are the saddest for me. Sorry, I don't mean to cry, guys. And I don't know why, because it was only like that for like two months out of her whole entire life. But my mind just keeps going back to those times because it was just constant care. Um, It was almost like taking care of a person at a nursing home. Um, But she wasn't suffering like that. She would have sundowning, so she would spin like anytime from like four o'clock on. But it was mostly like in the wee hours of the night. And I would pick her up a few times and then she'd want to get down and spin again. And that went on like three, four times. I'd pick her up. And then, you know, the fourth time I'd take her into bed and say, okay, let's try to settle down. And she would settle down and we'd sleep. Um, but it was it was difficult. And, you know, those are the moments that I really struggle, though. Um, you know, just looking around at her hair still everywhere. And it, it's difficult. It's very difficult. She was a one of a kind to me. She was like my soul dog. Um, and, yeah, part of me just can't believe she's not here anymore. 
Um, but when she had passed, actually, Grayson did pet her, and he pet her so gentle. It was almost like he's been petting her the whole time. Um, he was just so nice to her, and some of you might be saying, like, oh, you let him see her, you know, when she passed. Yes, because this is a part of life, and Grayson doesn't know anything about this part of life at all. He's never been to a funeral. You know, he's young, but I felt like it was important. It was important for him to know you know, sister's not going to be here anymore. I'm not going to just hide it like something didn't happen and sweep it under the rug. I am the complete opposite of that. Um, I believe in talking about it and making, you know, communicating about it and making it known to him and involving him. He is a part of our family too. And he has the right to know that a part, a family member of ours is no longer going to be here. Um, and that was important to me. So, you know, we let him see her, we let him pet her, everything. Um, and he was really, really good with it. Um, so yeah, so I mean, even when the, the day that she came home from the hospital, she literally walked up to Grayson. She would not leave his side, which was very unusual. She was always involved, but like this was just different. And she just had her face literally buried right into his leg as he was standing there. And he didn't move. She didn't move. And it was almost like she was saying good, her goodbyes. She was making her rounds to Grayson and to Sean. Um, and two days later she passed and I truly believe that she was worried about him. She was worried about leaving him. Um, and now I say it all the time. She was my angel the whole time she was here and now she's going to be his angel and she's going to look out for him and protect him, you know, and send great things our way. And I truly believe that. And I know she's just a dog, but there is a soul and there is something else and, I believe that, and I like to have faith in that. Um, even if sometimes I'm like, I hope that this really exists. I hope that the Rainbow Bridge really exists. Um, but I have faith that it does. There had to be somewhere great for her and great for all of our babies out there. So that is what I'm going to leave this episode with. I'm really sorry I got emotional. This is all still really raw for me. Um, you know, this we're on two weeks today that this has happened. Honestly, a part of me is like, God, it's been two weeks already. And a part of me is like, wow, it's only been two weeks that I haven't seen her. Like it, it feels like forever. Honestly. Um, I just miss her and I wish she was here with us still. And again, I'm sorry about being emotional, but she was a big part of our lives. So, um, I don't mean to be depressing for your guys day today. Um, just know that, you know, these fur babies are, they're like angels in disguise, angels without wings yet. And they help us and they get us through parts of life when we need them. And, you know, this part, I guess, of my chapter of my life has ended. So she felt as though it was time for her to go and that she could do more now on the other side and do more for Grayson on the other side. And that is how I look at it now. So I hope that you guys have a great day. I hope that you're, I didn't make you depressed or sad or anything like that. Um, it would really mean a lot to us if you guys went on to buildingthepuzzle.com. Check out uh, the last couple blog posts under Through a Mother's Perspective and Through, I'm sorry, Through a Mother's Eyes and From a Father's Perspective. You can find both of them under the menu tab, tab at the top. And um, look over the lost... Um, blog post and the heartbroken one and I think it's a three 
or two blog posts on Sean's and then um, one on Mayan. And just look at all those photos and look at the photos of her and Grayson and her, you know, with us as a family. They are fantastic photos. Um, and we would, we would really appreciate that. So again, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. You guys can find us on Instagram at building the puzzle, a Facebook, we have a group and a page. And if you guys forget any of that, you can go to buildingthepuzzle.com and we literally have everything on there for you guys. Information about the support call we do every Tuesday. A lot of you guys haven't been on there. So I want to mention that again right now. We have a support call every Tuesday. It can be anonymous. You can call, you can mute your phone. Um, you don't have to say anything, and it's just us talking about tips. If you do want to speak, that's great too. We can have a question about any questions that you can have, and it's a little bit more one-on-one because we don't have a lot of participants right now. Um, so it can be really one-on-one if you guys need any advice. It's almost like a hotline. You call Tuesday between 8 and 8.30, and you have us for a half an hour to kind of pick our brains. <laughs> so all of the access information will be on buildingthepuzzle.com and that is listed under the menu tab where to find us. So again, have a great day guys and thank you as always for tuning in and giving us your time. For autism, building, building the, the puzzle, puzzle one piece, piece at, at a time. time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing off. Take care everybody. building the puzzle we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays well if you're in new jersey you're in luck the speech paradigm has you covered they're helping children overcome speech challenges all across new jersey they offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy please reach out to them you can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com you can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson & Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson Company dot myshopify.com as well as on facebook and instagram as well as etsy on etsy they can be found at grayson and company toys